Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 20 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every ministry leader has. Wonderful. Hey, we tried really hard on that intro. I'm hoping that we can uh, get some of those intros in from our listeners. We did receive uh, an intro from one listener, so if you want to make up an intro or mock our intro, uh, send it to us, <laughs> MLA at ablaze.us. We are yeah. looking forward to that. Well, like when we initially like put that challenge out there, I don't think we said, hey, make fun of us, but that would actually be a lot of fun. Like just make fun of us, like make a fake intro. Even if you don't have great quality, whatever, um, just record yourself on, I don't know, like your phone messaging or whatever, recorder and make fun of us. <laughs> That's exactly what the one, one of the ones we received three from one listener and one of them definitely felt like he was making fun of us, which was awesome. I was smiling ear to ear. So thank you, yep. JP. Shout That's out right. to JP. So That's right. Um, so what we're talking about today is uh, if you've ever been in a class or been teaching a class and you're like, oh, I don't know this stuff, they can still look to you as the authority and you can still carry that type of authority or uh, competency or however you want to say it, um, so long as you're one chapter ahead of the rest of the class. Yeah, everybody thinks you know what you're doing because you're just far enough ahead <laughs> to know the answers. How do we lead one chapter ahead? And uh, one of the reasons why this was really on my heart is it's covid and <laughs> there's not a book written on this yet. Hold on, Chris. You don't know what's going to happen next week? <laughs> yes. We're going to argue <laughs> about the election results, as we have been doing for every week. And we're going to wonder whether or not masks work. And people on Facebook are going to do things divisive and post pictures of Elf on a Shelf. So those are the things that are Even going on. Even since April or since March, we were like, in March, we were like, okay, well, we'll just have to deal with this for a couple of months. And then when... April rolled around. It was like, okay, now it's another month. And May rolled around. Oh, wow, it's going even further. And then, like, it's like, so every month we had to be like, okay, well, we'll just wait until then or we'll deal with it then. And and we're still in it. And we're going to be in it for some time. Um, even with a vaccine coming out and all that stuff, it's we're still going to be in it where this week is going to look different than next week. And so we we can't be like multiple chapters ahead or we can't plan six months ahead. Because we have no, like, and that's the frustrating thing is like when you want to do a retreat or you want to do a camp or whatever, it's like, I can't plan on that. And it takes months to plan a camp. So it's like, ha, like, what do we do? Exactly. Yeah. And so um, the other piece is that on a national level, the savvy ministry leader is going to look at what other people in other places are doing. But yep. guess what? In some places, you're locked down, shut down. In other places, you're good to go. And there's a variety of different dioceses that have different standards and all these things. But what we do know is uh, the research is saying that it's a challenge. Like this distance learning stuff is not effective. It's not completely effective. Research is telling you it's a challenge? <laughs> Sorry. I mean, like, wow, you had to study that one hard, Chris. Well, no. What I'm saying is, like, we now have data that is conclusive. What a jerk. I'm sorry. I had to be a jerk. I've got to do it at least once an episode. Good. Well, you've banked a few from the last few episodes, so maybe two episodes without being mean at all would be a welcome change, Mr. Rice. I don't know. I think JP and a couple others might miss it. Um, So anyway, the... Like you were talking about it being different across the nation. Like like those of y'all that don't know, Ablaze Ministries serves multiple parishes within the Diocese of Austin. Every single parish is different. 
Like some parishes are doing in person, some people, some parishes doing like digital only, some are doing a hybrid. And so even within that, like even within a blaze, the same organization, the youth ministers can't look to each other necessarily and say, what are you doing that works? So yeah, it, it's ridiculously different um, across right. the nation. If it's yeah. like and, this difference in one diocese. And this is in Texas, who, who would rather burn it down and, <laughs> before we shut it down? You know what I mean? Like, not the bishops, but like the governor is like, we ain't shutting down again, you know? And uh, and so so what what does this all mean when, when the research has kind of pointed to, and of course our personal experience, that digital learning by itself is not effective? Yeah. By itself. Yeah. And, and so there are people struggling. There's actually some dangerous studies that are out there, dangerous studies, uh, some some information that this whole isolation that occurs with it is leading to higher rates of depression, loneliness, and even suicide, right? Yep. So there's there's souls at stake, there's lives at stake, and, uh, and there's no book written on it. So it's not like we can super plan ahead. But what if we led just like one chapter ahead, just like that teacher that's struggling in the semester, and they're just one chapter ahead of the class, and that's how they teach. I believe that we as ministry leaders could do that and actually find ourselves being more successful and nimble in this time if we're doing that. Yeah, and uh, like most people in ministry have had some experience where they've gotten behind um, in whatever they're doing, whether whether they planned a retreat and focused on that, and then they turn back around, they're like, oh, well, what am I doing for next week's lesson or the one after that? Um, so all of us at some point have gotten behind and been just a chapter ahead. So I would I would suggest that we we look back to what that looked like. Like, what was that experience like? What did I do in that season? Because I feel like we're in that season. I mean, we are in that season without even, like, it's not our fault. Like, we we didn't plan poorly. We are just in an environment, in a situation, pandemic, I mean, a situation um, that is forcing us to do that. And so what does that look like, Chris? Great, great question. And so the context is more important than the content in regards to this. So if you have an established context, and hopefully that established context includes aspects of relational ministry, which is what Christ modeled through the incarnation, right? And so what are our touch points for regularly journeying with the people that we serve? That's the context. If we can firm up that context, then the content is where we just get a chapter ahead, right? The content is actually easier to, to I don't want to say shoot from the hip from, but to, to have less preparation so long as we have an established platform uh, context to be able to share that information from, right? And so um, it, it's funny. We, we, uh, we, we play some games together as the Ablaze team on, uh, uh, on, during our staff prayer days uh, about 10 minutes beforehand. And some of the games, once you play them, the, the trick is, you know, the cat is out of the bag. You can't play it again. Um, but today we played one, and it was like it, it was an evergreen game <laughs> hashtag project ym games you got to check it out but uh <laughs> but but it's one of those games that's based upon the creativity of other people it was a hit like i could literally see us playing that game once a month and people being excited about it every single month that's and awesome. so there's certain things in the context that you could find pieces that you could plug in plug in that worked really well a month ago and it's an evergreen game. It's not like there's a secret surprise or a right answer. Let's play it again. Let's play it again. And you can start bringing back the greatest hits. And uh, and, and that works. And so it's okay. Give yourself permission to innovate in other ways and and find those staples, the big hits, and, and repeat those. 
So what, what you just talked about actually might be a really good example, um, maybe of context um, versus content. So most people are sick of the Zoom meeting, you know, of having to do things over Zoom, yada, yada, yada. Um, and at Ablaze, we, we value staff prayer and we value community. And so every Tuesday and Thursday, we have like everybody together from across the nation, the Project YM team, um, the Ablaze youth team, the Ablaze families team, all of them come together and we pray together um, every like twice a week. And so that's the context. Um, and then like one of the things was like we got so sick. I, mean, I feel like it's it's hard to pray together over Zoom. It makes it a little different, you know, and it's not as connecting. And it just, maybe... just to be clear, there's no research that points to that. That's just <laughs> that's just personal experience for Matt Rice. Um, but one of the things that we that we decided to do, like to to add some levity and also create some some bonding, is that that ten minutes before staff prayer starts, we we play a game. And, and it's a screen game, you know, Project YM screen game that we use. And it's it's fun because, like, I don't know how much preparation you put into that, Chris. Um, but, like, you can lead a game that morning, right? Look over it one second and lead the game. And you look like an expert. You look like sure. you know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, and that's that, that leading a chapter ahead, even just a few minutes ahead for that. But we've set up the context um, in a way that uh, doesn't necessarily change. Does that make sense? Is that a, a decent example of I what think we're that's, talking about? Yeah, I think that's a great example. Um, I, I think people might need working knowledge of Project YM games. Which sure. <laughs> this is now a commercial for Project YM, <laughs> which is fine. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but there are certain things. Like, it's okay to plug and play or proctor. You know, like, I think about when I was leading a discipleship group, and uh, we, we did uh, some video-based series, and I just had to watch it once. And then while we were watching it together as a group, I could skim over some of the questions and things like that, and I was able to manage leading a large youth ministry program and customizing a discipleship group because I, I was able to spend 30 minutes the day of watching the content and being a, cha a chapter ahead, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the beautiful thing is when we look back at that group, because it was one of the greatest ministry experiences I've had in my career, when we look back at, I just went to one of their weddings like a, a month and a half ago. It was awesome. awesome. Yeah. Almost all the guys were there. Um, we don't remember the videos. We don't remember the content. It was the context that set up that journeying, that accompanying, that really led to some of the spiritual gifts because ultimately in ministry, we are most effective not when we communicate quality content, although that helps, but when we create a context where Christ can be shared between one another. In other words, it's not just me, the leader, sharing or teaching about Christ, but it's me, the leader, modeling what it means to share Christ, to give and receive the Christ that is present in them, right? And so that that is the context. So I guess when we're leading a chapter ahead, I think we can all take a deep breath and be like, if you don't know you know, the catechism in and out, but you know their names of those yep. that you serve yep. and you know their their situations in and out, you're going to be a more effective minister uh, than that, that person that has like the doctorate in theology, but couldn't name a single person, you know? And I, I, I this is kind of a, a tragic story, but I, I know uh, of a youth minister who, who one of their teens was in a car accident, and they were a very diligent youth minister. They they they're still in ministry, and they they've learned a lot and grown a lot along the way. But uh, but they were driving home um, from a school event one uh, one Friday evening, and they got in a car accident. 
and uh, the teen was hurt badly and the passenger in her vehicle was killed by it. Wow. And uh, and he he contacted me, let me know about the situation and said the hardest thing Chris is I heard the teen's name and I've heard the teen's name before because it's on a data a data sheet, you know, it's on a spreadsheet. But I couldn't I thought I could not picture. I don't know anything else other than you know, they're in 10th grade because that's what the information was on, on the database, you know, and, uh, and that, that, but this, this ministry leader was very intense about having quality top-notch catechesis, but the relational ministry was a growth area, right? And I would say, I'd rather have it the other way. I'd rather have it the other way because moments like that, it's just, you got to know, you got to know who to look for, who to hold or who to talk to, um, when situations like that come up, because those are more important faith sharing moments than anything the catechism could offer. I know that that's a lot, but those faith sharing moments come from the, 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 the deposit of faith that exists and is shared in the catechism. So it's not mutually exclusive, but those are the moments where Christ needs to show up and we need to be that Christ. Yeah. And that's like what you, the story you shared is not to say that every youth minister should know every kid's name, but someone in your youth ministry program should know that kid, you know, should know that person. Um, and so if we're so focused on, because if we, if we have to do distance youth ministry and we're doing Zoom meetings and we have like, and we're, we're trying to get like a hundred kids or 20 kids, you know, in a Zoom meeting so they can listen to us talk. That's not necessarily what you're saying is best, but I think we're like, we may be getting off a little bit from topic, but if you're able to be personal with five, you know, and, and maybe it's not the same weekly meeting every year. I don't, I don't know what it looks like, but having that context be a little bit more intimate, like even over zoom, um, is going to be better than having the best content and spending all your time preparing the content for a large group, like spend your time in small groups with fewer people getting to know them. But but wait, Matt, I'm just a volunteer. I'm not as good as the the youth minister. Like they give better talks than me. So are you saying that I should be the one sharing the content instead of the youth minister? I, yeah, I, I like the, the content's not what's important. It's you knowing them. <laughs> That's it. Like that is it. Like sometimes we as ministry leaders have insecurity because you're not a Christophonic or a Mark Hart or, uh, you know, a Bishop Barron. Like it's okay because Bishop Barron hasn't been to their home. He hasn't. Yep. And you yep. have. He, he doesn't know what school they go to nor the mascot at that school. And you do. And that's the beauty of this. And so if the, the, the issue that's preventing you from being, being dynamic in regards to your leadership is that you don't know the content, you don't have a master's in theology, that's fine. Just lead one chapter ahead. Lead one chapter ahead. I guarantee they haven't read it yet. I guarantee yeah. whether it's parent ministry, whatever ministry leadership role you're in, you just stay one chapter ahead and then be radically connected to them on an individual level. I wonder if one of the aspects of leading one chapter ahead that we need to be comfortable with is how uncomfortable that feels. Because it's not, I would say like right now in the midst of COVID and all that stuff, it's not so much the content and knowing the content and being one week ahead. It's it's the feeling of, I don't know what's going to happen next week. You know, I don't know what ministry is going to be like next week. And being being okay with the way that feels, even as yucky as it feels to to be unprepared 
I shared in uh, one of the the episodes that was a solo episode uh, with just me, uh, my experience at World Youth Day. I believe the title of the episode is World Youth Day Sucks. And I was in Germany with a group of teens. Our transportation was unknown. And I had to lead the teens back to the hotel to catch a flight back to the States. You know what I mean? Um, And I didn't know how I was going to get them there. But I had to lead them. They literally yeah. were following me. <laughs> yeah, wherever you went. And that that feels, sometimes that feels like it, leading one chapter ahead. Like, I don't know where we're going. But I do know that if we stay here in this place for too much longer, people are going to lose their mind. That We have to have the sense that our group is moving towards something. And so I started walking. Yeah. And we got to a train station. And then we waited for what was it seven seven and a half hours for a train and then we got home so it all worked out it did not all work out it was so bad i went and cried it i went and cried in the bathroom and sometimes that's what it feels like leading just one chapter ahead um but there there is there is that uh, strength will rise as we wait upon the lord um sometimes you're in the midst of it and you're like when when is strength going to rise because i'm waiting on the lord and we've been in this line for six hours now and we ran out of food and water you know and so, um, but sometimes that's how it feels, but you're together and it's this shared experience. Yeah. And in those scenarios, there are, and in this scenario, there are moments when you need to stand up and be the leader, look like you know what you're doing and be confident, look confident, even if you're not confident. And then there are other times where you need to be vulnerable and say, Hey, I, I am not the expert here. I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to do my best. Um, I like in, in, does that make sense? So there are two different ways to do it. Because if you if you say, hey, I don't know where I'm going, follow me, there are going to be people that are be like, no, that's dumb. Um, but so that in those moments, you're going to need to like show confidence. So there are certain, like every leader has a different group, different groups of people that they lead. And there are some people that need to look to the leadership and be confident that the leader knows where they're going, even if the leader doesn't. But then there are other people at different levels that you're leading that you can be open and vulnerable with like, hey guys, I've never done this before. I I hope you know that. I've never done this before. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm gonna do my best. But if you have feedback, if you have ideas or whatever, please give it to me. Yeah, and so in my example, yeah, in my example, I knew that here was not where we were supposed to be. Yep, We were supposed to be somewhere else. But you couldn't panic and tell the tell the youth, I don't know what I'm doing, because the youth would yeah. be like, holy crap, I don't know, he doesn't know what we're doing, what do we do? Right, but in the midst of it, I knew that throughout it all, we were going to stay together and we were going to stay safe. I knew that those two things were non-negotiable and that we had to be going somewhere. And yep. so we did those things, right? There's other situations where they'll ask a question, and it's an amazing question. I don't know the answer to your question, but we're going to find out together or I'm going to find out for you and let you know next time we gather like those moments. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. And then there's other times where you're just like, no, this is not my wheelhouse. This is not my skill set. But I think that our group or our program or whatever is called to go there. So we need to bring someone else in to make this a reality. Right. Yeah. And so you, you bring in different skill sets or you delegate to other people to make that a reality. But again, you still are showing leadership in every single one of those aspects. Um, I don't want people paralyzed because they don't, they're not the whole package because only, only Jesus, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like ministry leaders across the nation, across the world are going to experience all of those situations right now. We, we, none of us have led in a situation like this. None of us have like anybody that act that, that, that says they have is not, that's, that's a lie. (laughs) Like, like nobody's led in this, in this scenario. 
um, especially as unique as it is with regards to the church and all of everything else going around. Well, what about vampires? Like those people are like 500 years old, so maybe they were around <laughs> during the bubonic the plague. Flu. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, maybe. and they know how to lead out of it, you know. But yeah, that, that that's it. Because so no look one here those vampire leaders. <laughs> look for the vampires. Them. Yes, follow them. But no, that's but like, the name seriously. of the podcast: Vampire Leadership. <laughs> Okay, so I, I think that uh, I think that leading rebuilding after a pandemic, I think that's a fair way to say it because we need to rebuild our programs, we need to rebuild our ministries, we need to rebuild the church after the pandemic. No yeah, one's we're no in one's the written of it right now. We're not I, after the pandemic. What what I'm saying is there's other chapters that are yet to be written. Yes, that we have absolutely. to lead into. And we don't know how to lead into those yet either. So if you're not comfortable leading one chapter ahead, then you are not going to be comfortable for probably the next five years in ministry. Yep, absolutely. Um, because we are absolutely, I mean, in uncharted territory across the board. Um, so being comfortable, being uncomfortable, um, and knowing when to be, I, I don't want to say falsely confident, or like, I, that's not the right word, but uh, when to lead with confidence and when to lead with vulnerability those are two different things that like that we're going to need to know as leaders moving forward. Right. And so the 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 virtue of hope I think is essential in regards to this. And we're we're recording right now in the advent season and the theme of hope is very strong. Um but I can be confident that Christ will help guide us where we need to go because I have hope in him. Right? Amen. I don't have hope in myself. And so the humility, you know, Patrick Lencioni talks about the ideal team player is a hungry, humble, and smart. The humility it takes to be able to say, I can't do this on my own, so I'm going to hope in the Lord, or I can't do this on my own, so I'm going to lean on um, the information that I just researched, the chapter ahead that I just read this week in order to say, we're going to pivot again. We're going to pivot again because last week it didn't work and we're going to try something different because I, you guys deserve the best ministry. And last week was not the best offering we could do. And so we're going to pivot again. That's actually a really good point. You know, innovation during this time is necessary. You know, So the leader needs to innovate um, in the midst of all this. You don't know what you're doing. like, um, And so you need to try stuff, try different things to see what work and what may work, what may not work. And what, what worked for the first three months of the pandemic is not going to work right now. So right. innovate and look for look for that train station. Like there's something that's just go towards like something that might work. And, and, and we have a better educated guest than we did a week ago because we have a week more worth of experience, not just as an individual, but as a community. Ask other ministry leaders that are in similar contexts. No one is in the same context, yeah. <laughs> but we're all in the same boat and it's taken on water, you know. And, and like one of the examples that, that I was thinking about that what worked at the beginning and doesn't work now is there was this kind of novelness. What's the, what's the word for that? What's the, like things that were novel, like... Novelty? No novelty? That doesn't sound right. Like, I don't know, whatever. There was some novelty to being like digital at the beginning of the pandemic when we like we did all those digital youth nights and stuff like that, reached, you know, thousands and thousands of kids. But people are not doing that anymore or not as interested in that because the novelty's worn off. Right. Um, and so there are things that worked at the beginning that that aren't working now. There are things that might work now that won't work in another month or two. Um, because we we thirst and we crave for that personal interaction, but we can't do it. Not not the way that we did before and stuff like that. So 
um, be adaptable and innovative in, in what that looks like. And it, it may be, you know, phone calls. It may be, I don't know, like there's like, and I think people have tried everything up to this point, but they haven't. Like, There's no way they've tried everything. Um, so what is that next thing, you know, that, that we can try to, to fill that need? Because one thing we can be confident at during this time, because we, we're one chapter ahead, but we know what the end of the book says, right? That God, God has and desires relationship with every single person. So yep. even in the midst of the pandemic, God does not desire anyone in the church or on planet Earth to experience mediocre formation, to experience yep. isolation from his love. God desires no one to experience that, which means he has a pathway. There is a way. And it's like a Rubik's Cube, and all of a sudden you figure out how to solve the bottom, and now you're trying to solve another one of the sides, and the bottom gets mixed up. And so it's complicated, it's hard, and it takes a few tries and a lot of effort. But what I'm saying is we can learn one more thing, apply it, and then the next week learn one more thing and apply it. And even if it looks like things are changing, that is one of the beautiful things about the pandemic is people are very forgivable. Yeah. So innovation, you're like, that did not work. Everyone else is like, we know, <laughs> but yep. we're going to, we're going to try something different and we're going to keep trying until we hit it, you know, and that th- th- there's a beauty in the forgiveness or the latitude that people are experiencing as ministry leaders. Now for those that are making effort yeah. for those that aren't, I know people that are piping hot yeah. that it feels like our ministry has been put in timeout or put on pause and that's unacceptable and they're right. It yeah. is unacceptable. Yeah, because like the same thing you were just saying with regards to like what God does not want during this time. Um, like he he hasn't said okay uh, that whole go and make disciples thing of all nations. It's on pause right now during the pandemic. Like that's not a thing. Like it's not on pause. Like we we like we we have to think about okay like that mission is still real and it's still real for every single baptized Christian. What does that look like now? Right. How how do I go and make disciples during this time? Right. And, and some people would say, but now there's greater risk. And, uh, and I would say there was always risk, right? Yep. The cost of discipleship is great, but the cost of discipleship now in a pandemic apostolic age is greater than maybe what it was even just 10 months ago. Yep. Absolutely. Awesome. That was fun. That was fun. Good. Okay, so we're not going to name it vampires. I think we should say lead one chapter ahead. Uh, but if, if the vampire thing really got to you, send us an email and let us know. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's continue the conversation online. And please send any feedback you have to MLA at ablaze.us. Share this podcast with someone and give us a review, a five-star review. Otherwise, send us feedback. Um, But we're looking for a few more reviews so a few more people can find us and uh, share in this journey together. Here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, you go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week and pray for other ministry leaders. Pray for vampires. And and get one chapter ahead. And we will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless. God bless you. Vampires. What the hell? They they live forever, man. <laughs> oh man. That was funny. I mean, they do. They do. Until you drive a stake through their heart.